0: I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result, and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy.
1: This is the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited hosted by Rob McLean, Leanne Crichton and Craig Moore.
2: Well, the dust has settled for Scotland at Euro 2020. We were all happy to have a seat at the top table. Wembley was wonderful but we lost both games at Hampden. Is it missed opportunity? Is that the phrase that comes to mind? Or is it onwards and upwards in Stevie Clark We Trust, Leanne Crichton?
3: Absolutely, yeah. I think we do trust. I think everybody's disappointed. Um, Emotions are are still running high. And I do believe that once people got over that and and they look back and and reflect on the achievements in terms of getting to the tournament and we look at the squad and the group of players that we've got and the amount of positivity that's there to be built on, I, I think people will well trust in, in Steve Clark for sure I certainly do
2: I think you're allowed to be uh, disappointed and hopeful in the same breath New Celtic manager Ange Postekoglu meets the media tomorrow for the first time why did it take so long could well be the first question <laughs> we'll hear from him tonight uh, Craig Moore knows him well does he wish him well? I wish
4: him well I hope he runs a close second I think I've said that <laughs> <laughs> I've said that a lot Um but look he'll... Um, he'll speak well tomorrow uh, and I think he'll make some um, significant improvement to Celtic.
2: Former Hearts defender Ryan McGowan will be joining us just after six to tell us what it was like to play for the new Celtic gaffer when he was the Australian national coach who took the Socceroos to the 2014 World Cup. And Rangers fans, could Billy Gilmore be coming back to Ibrox on loan? The Chelsea midfielder wants game time in the new season. There will be plenty of interested parties, mind you, making their move. For the Scotland Star, we'll also be mourning the passing of Europe's away goals rule. Or will we just be saying good riddance as UEFA decide to scrap it? 0808 17 17 700. Join the football conversation with us as we come to terms, uh, Leanne, with Scotland's absence from the European Championships. How are you feeling?
3: Oh, still a bit low, Rob, I would need to say. Um... Yeah, gutted for the players because there's there's no worse feeling, you know, and I think just looking at their messages that they've put out over the, the last couple of days and what it's meant to them and the reach of the nation, you know, how much that's impacted them and, and how proud that moment is, but, but nothing gets away from the fact that you've fallen short and there's nothing really that you can do about it, you know, that time has passed you by and the only thing that you can be judged on now is how you bounce back and how you improve and how you learn and... I think as a nation, we still need to continue finding that little bit of patience, um, which we find hard to do because we we often wait so long for these moments to come along. But ultimately, I am proud, you know, to be Scottish. I think it's been wonderful following the team, watching the games, being out at the games uh, and and allowing other parts of Europe to to see how much it means to to us as Scotland fans as well.
2: I think it's been great, Craig, what it's done to the nation. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just been everywhere, hasn't it? Out and about.
4: Yeah, it has. And look, I think leading into this tournament, um, you know, kind of, if you're in a position going into the the last group game with a chance to to progress, I think that was a position that everybody would have would, would have taken. Um, after what was a a, a wonderful performance um, against England, it's just unfortunate that um, couldn't carry that into to the last game. Um, you know, again, the heart and the passion which we expect was there. Um, but the quality was with Croatia on this particular match. Um, I've no doubt you won't be—you know—the wait won't be another 23 years. There's an exciting squad there, I think, and some—you know—young talent that can come through and and hopefully get the opportunity. And the experiences gained from this tournament will most definitely benefit uh, moving forward.
2: This was Stevie Clark talking afterwards Tuesday night after Croatia had beaten Scotland by three goals to one. We had
5: some moments earlier where we we managed to get. Some football away managed to play through them, but not I think Overall, Croatia were the better team on the night and, and sometimes you, you just have to accept that. We tried as hard as we could, we tried to find our way back in, even after the 2-1, and then concede the third one from a set play, which is disappointing, but we, listen, we, we kept going to the end, we kept working, we disappointed the tournaments ended early for us, but we've got, we got a lot to be happy about, the way we, the way we got there after 23 years. We've got a lot to be happy about the way we approached the tournament. We tried to compete, we tried to play as well as we could and unfortunately not quite good enough to meet, to get out the group stage and, and get to the knockout round, but we'll learn from it.
2: Had the Scotland players emptied themselves at Wembley um, emotionally and maybe in, in terms of energy and what they had left for that third game?
3: It looked that way, Rob, I would need to say. I think there was a couple of bodies out there as I was watching the game that I thought they were running on empty by at least 60-odd, 70 minutes. Uh, And perhaps it was down at Wembley or maybe it's just, you know, mentally and physically, you know, both of those things combined, it's been too much for some. Um, But then the players would probably disagree and and say that they felt okay when they were out there and they were just up against a better team. And Craig will note as well, there's often games that you play like that, that you you do feel okay, but for whatever Mm. reason, the way the opposition plays, it, it makes you look tired and lethargic and a bit off the pace because... Croatia really did take care of the ball, and as Craig said, the quality was was definitely in the the Croatian side, you know. But I, I think the players have got a lot to learn. You know, Steve Clark spoke about those moments that they had. They created enough probably over the course of the three games, but they didn't capitalize on enough of those moments, and that's the fine margins at that level. You know, at the top end of the game, Europe, um, World Cups, etc. You need to make them count, and unfortunately, Scotland never.
2: How much does tournament know-how matter, Craig? Managing yourself, I guess managing what you've got in the tank to make sure that come the third game, which inevitably Mm. is going to matter more than the other two because it's going to decide things.
4: Yeah, look, I I think in terms of preparation, we're we're talking now about a different time because you've still had all the COVID and and interruptions and all that. But normally, um, like I said, for three group games and all that sort of stuff, the tired legs and all those kind of things. Um, for me, they they can be thrown about as a bit of an excuse. And, and you're right, Leon. The, the, the players wouldn't have they wouldn't have felt that you, you're prepared. You're ready to go. Not only the three games to, to go deep into the tournament. Obviously, the squad uh, and the depth to that squad is very very important because not the same player is going to play every every single game. Um, but you know, it's just it's one of those things. Like says that just that last game that. You needed a little bit more. There, there wasn't too many spells in the in the opponent's half where I just felt the midfield three of Croatia totally dominated the game. And, and Shay Adams, uh, who, I, like I says, I've, I think he's been a wonderful inclusion, and Dykes, they, they tried hard enough, but they didn't cause any real prob- problems for Lovren uh, or Vida at the back for Croatia.
3: And I think a player for me, John McGinn was probably one of the ones that I looked at and thought he looked tired, but probably in a Scotland shirt at times, John McGinn doesn't actually play John McGinn's strengths. You know, he's doing a lot of running, a lot of pressing. He doesn't get on the ball as much as I would see him at club level. Mm. You know, you watch him week in, week out and he dominates um, in a villa side and you see him in that half turn using his body. We never we never used our attributes, I don't think, well enough over the course of the three games. And I think that's where it's a steep learning curve, you know, because we've we've adapted in, in certain games, in certain moments to the opposition. We've spoke a hell of a lot about England performance, but we need to find out why we were so good against England and why that type of system and formation and, and playing against that type of opposition worked and why when we play against oppositions that we feel we can hurt them mm-hmm. in certain moments that we don't and we fall short. You know, I think that's a that's a fine margins and that's down to Steve Clark to, to work it out.
2: Replacing Billy Gillimore was always going to be a big issue. It sounds incredible because he's only started one match for Scotland that that game yeah. at Wembley in yeah. which he, he was outstanding but him not being available caused scotland a big problem didn't it yeah
4: and i, I think the biggest problem was we see how good scotland can be like so you, you you talk about the england game and you, that's motivation in itself you know we we know what that game brings but there was bite there was intensity um there was passion there was all of that but more importantly there was intelligence in terms of the way that scotland played when they did get the ball there, there wasn't that intelligence against croatia you, you need the ability to to be able to press well, uh, to win the ball in good areas, but then you need the intelligence. And and, and it was there. um, It's just about repeating that and being able to knock that out, game in, game out at the highest level. Otherwise, you won't progress.
2: It's going to be interesting to hear from uh, Stevie Clark. Um, I don't know when we're ne- we next will hear from him. Obviously, the the World Cup qualifiers resume in September. Uh, his thoughts with a couple of days uh, to to dwell on it would would be interesting. Uh, this was him um, uh, immediately after the match. At
5: the moment is just disappointment. we were out of the tournament. We wanted to stay in as long as we could. So disappointed that we've we haven't managed to get out of the group stage. Uh, you, have, you have to give me tonight to get to get over that, and then a few days, and then. We'll all sit, listen, we'll all sit down, we'll take stock yet. it, we'll look at what performances, I'll look at my performance, I'll look at the performance of the players, and we'll look and see what we can do better in the future. And we'll make sure it's not 23 years before
2: we go to the next tournament. Well, let's hope not. Uh, I'm not sure we could uh, we could handle that uh, weight. Again, the best part of a quarter of a century. Um, and we have to... It's. I'm finding it quite difficult to analyse how I feel about this because I'm really disappointed um, that Scotland lost both games at Hampden, really disappointed we're out. Um, but it was great to be there, wasn't it? It was, it it was great to have qualified and, and, you know, I think I I, I do trust Stevie Clark and whatever he's going to take us next, whatever, whatever he's going to do next. um, But we have to start scoring goals. That's for sure.
3: And that's the biggest problem. You know, even when you look at Hungary, for example, in the, the so called group of death, you know, and the results that they've managed to grind out, the performance last night, they've still scored goals, you know, they've went up against Germany, they've drawn level, they've went ahead again. Um, they still go out the tournament, but they've almost proven that they can mix it with the best. You know, when you look at that group and their performance against France. And I think regardless of Scotland fans, we we've gone out the tournament and we need to accept that. But I think there's elements of it that people are still a bit sceptical about how much we've improved under Steve Clark and that learning experience we found Shea Adams, you know, we had that buzz. That he was going to be the one that was going mm. to bring his goals that, you know, even in Scotland teams of the past that haven't qualified, we've, we've had really good strikers and, and really good players at, at certain moments over the decades. and um, There is, Steve will need a couple of days, I think, to digest it and look back at the performances and maybe he'll learn looking back at it now. Maybe, you know, he would look at the games differently. The approach might be slightly differently. Will he regret throwing Billy Gilmer in against the Czechs in the first game probably when you look at his performance against yeah. England so Billy Gilmer's going to be a Scotland player for the next 10-15 years hopefully You know, mm-hmm. so th- those moments will take care of themselves over time but um, it's just rubbish because the only thing you get to learn is really through disappointment you don't really ever learn from the highs in football and, and that's what's that's when the
4: worst you
2: learn part most, of it
3: being Scottish. That, that, that's when you
4: learn you learn most is, is through defeat.
3: Yeah. Um,
2: and even with that terrific performance and result at Wembley, the goal difference for Scotland overall scored one, conceded five.
4: Yeah. Yeah. But, but again, you look at Croatia, who eventually get over the line. They never looked like scoring in their first couple of games. They were really um, toothless up top as well. Um, but the difference was that they do have that ability uh, on their day to be able
2: to. You and know. they've got belief. They, they, they can tap into experience, can't they?
4: Yeah, they can. Look, the, uh, the disappointing thing, I guess, for, for Scotland is, and you touched on it, that two games at, at your national stadium, two, two games at Hampden, where mm-hmm. you've got that, that 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 advantage really the home crowd and the noise uh, was amazing I, I mean both, both both
2: games for 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 somewhere south of ten thousand mm. I, I don't know what it was the other night Tuesday mm-hmm. night but it certainly was just under ten thousand for the Czech Republic game but but when the players first came out the the, the uh, when anything yeah. positive was going on on the pitch what a noise on it was
3: unbelievable yeah literally goosebumps in the arms when I was there at the the first game and as a player that's what you want you know but then I think as the game crept on you could feel the nerves in that Czech Republic game and the way the scoring went, really bad timing before half time, yeah, not long after it. um, the start of the second half and the crowd then started to feel that anxiety. And probably last night, it, the night before, it was kind of the same where it almost, the fans died off at a certain point and then when you had that last push at the end of the game, the noise mm-hmm. was electrifying again. Mm-hmm. And that almost epitomises Scotland's performances as well because... They know they can compete, and they have shown the level of performance. But over the course of the three games, the noise of the performance wasn't consistent enough for me. And I think that's what we need to find. And looking at a team like Croatia, belief you said that a minute ago, Rob, and that's actually huge. When you look at that level of high performance behavior, and being an athlete at that level, that you believe, regardless of how you perform and the way that you play, you will find a breakthrough. Mm-hmm. And Croatia knew until the third game at least they were going to find that breakthrough and the quality was there.
4: Yeah. And, uh, and on that, yeah, so we touch on, so let, let's go back to Billy Gilmore for a bit and you look at Billy Gilmore and, and who he's training with day in, day out. Yeah. You know, And, and that's why, I mean, don't worry about his age. Mm-hmm. He's just come in with huge belief. He's like, get, get me in yeah. amongst this, you know? And that's, you're right, it's it's a mentality. It's the experience of um, having that daily yeah, day day in, day out, because it's very hard if you're not experiencing that to be able to switch it on um, at a weekend or, you know, like it is very difficult if you're not getting it all the time.
2: So, so should we be embracing this new breed more in that Billy Gilmore will obviously be central to everything Scotland do now going forward. Nathan Patterson's little cameo at the end of the Croatian game uh, exuded confidence as well. And David Turnbull was one um, who we didn't see in the course of the tournament and maybe he's going to become a big part of Scotland going forward as well.
3: I actually think we're blessed because a lot of the time in football, I I personally think it's really hard to find a blend of players that really works. Mm -hmm. To try and get that experience, leadership, quality, um, top individuals, good people, folk that know what it's about, whether that's club or country. I think when you look at the Scotland team, even when you look at our best players, your Kieran Tierney's and your Andy Robertson's for example you look at their journey in football they've came from the bottom virtually and worked their way to the very very top Andy Robertson especially when you look at his journey so I think there's a real grounded mentality within the squad in terms of the leadership and the core group of players and we're now blessed because there is so many young players coming through but it's fine having that but you need one the right person in charge to be able to manage that and get the best out of them And you need the group of players to believe that they're part of something special that they really can deliver because over the 23 years that the men's team have never been at a major tournament, there must be a reason why that's been so consistent and that consistency has been failure. So we need to change that now. We've always had good players coming through. When you go back over the years and you think about the Scotland players that have missed out in major tournaments, there's been top, top talents there. Um, but we need to make sure and we need to grip this moment and live in this moment and develop the players that are there and you only do that by giving them chances and experience and allowing them to go and prove um, that they can
2: cut it Scotland have certainly made progress but it needs to continue
5: We have improved a lot over the two years that I've been head coach that, that's my belief other people might disagree but I think we've improved a lot and, and what we have to do is we have to keep improving we have to keep getting better and better and make sure that we don't have to wait so long before we qualify for the next tournament
2: I'm pleased that that, that he's got a commitment to Scotland ongoing mm-hmm. it seems Craig Um He's got a design. This is not enough for him. Mm-hmm. Getting to this tournament is not enough. When Scotland bow out in the way that they have done, it's got to be better next time. But of, of course, that's got to start with qualification, which yeah. ain't going to be easy for the next World Cup.
4: It won't be easy, but again, I, I think stability um, is very, very important. You know, we've touched on the the, the young batch of players that that are coming through, uh, blended with the with the experience again the pressure what comes with qualifying for a tournament is is we need to qualify for the next tournament and then it's like you know what qualifying for a tournament's not enough we need to get through the group stages but you should embrace that pressure um, for me that's really really important and, you, and and in this game you you cannot stand still so it's important that you know there is learnings which i'm sure there will be they'll digest they'll go away and i oh, maybe we could have done this maybe we could have done that but it's important that from that they learn And make improvements.
2: Not everyone thinks in Stevie Clark we trust. Some people want him out. And we're going to hear from uh, Derek on the lines after this.
1: The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five.
2: Well, if we've heard once about England against Germany in the last 16 of uh, Euro 2020, uh, we've heard about it uh, a million times. That is next Tuesday as the tournament enters its knockout phase, and it looks like the easier half of the draw, Craig, doesn't it? It most
4: definitely is the easier half of the draw. I think um, England or Germany, whoever whoever wins this game, I can see them obviously going all the way through to the to the final. All the the bigger players for me are on the the other side.
2: It's Craig Moore. Ex-Rangers and Australia with us in the studio. Former Scotland midfielder Leanne Crichton is here as well. Still very much a player with Glasgow City, of course. He added very quickly. Uh, and Rob McLean hopefully holding things together or trying to anyway. Uh, on the line, we have Derek. Hi, Derek. Hey, uh, good evening. Good evening, Rob. Kyle. How, how, how are you doing? Hi. Hi, Derek.
6: don't oh, no, by yourself. Yeah. Uh, I don't mean to worry you, Rob, but the last time England was so... through... The
2: group stages without losing a goal it was 1966. Oh, really? Oh dear. I wish you hadn't <laughs> uh, reminded me about that, to be honest. Did something happen in 1966 that I should know about? <laughs> what about Scotland, though, Derek? What are you thinking about Scotland's exit? Well, uh, uh, I'm not a Scotland fan, but I think Steve Clark should either
6: resign or be sacked. Uh, I think the Euros have been a bit of a failure for Scotland. Uh, one goal out uh, and lost in five. The two of the games were at home probably the weakest game of the two, uh, he's had was Czech Republic and he plays one up front and then the two most difficult games he goes two up front I just think that his, his long ball tactics is a bit out of date as Graham Sinner says I think it should be maybe a more modern young manager that should take over because if he doesn't qualify for the World Cup he'll be removed anyway
4: Derek, why, uh, why do you How do you? Uh, why do you uh, not support uh, Scotland? Scotland? I
6: just don't support them, Craig. I would rather England win it, and I think England's in a really good chance of winning it. I see that, and you know, Paul could have a week there. But even before the ball was kicked, I would be surprised if England went to blow away in the
4: final. I mean, that's a strange one. I'm trying to wrap my head around that. Like You're Scottish, obviously, but you don't support your national team. I, I
6: think you would be surprised, Craig, if you'd done a survey, how many Rangers fans actually support England.
4: And do it support Scotland. I think you would actually be surprised. That's madness. That for me, that's madness. I I just think that you know your, your national team. It's it's one of those things. You should be proud of your national team, and and, and certainly should be supporting them. That's uh, strange to hear that.
2: Uh, Stevie Clark, Derek, not done a magnificent job in qualifying Scotland for our first finals in 23 years. But if it wasn't for the nation, like thing, he wouldn't have been there
6: anyway. Yeah, and but but there's loads of. Lo- I'd a draw against Serbia, apparently a shout A draw against Israel, apparently a shout shootout. Have there been an improvement? Would they have picked Billy Gilmore and Brian Jack and Kenny McLean but fit? Probably not. Why has he never looked at James Tavenier, who's eligible now for Scotland, mm-hmm. when probably right back is a bit of a problem position for them? Some of it, I think some of his decisions is a bit strange, and he plays the long ball too much, I think. And these top European teams are not going to get away with that. It's football.
3: Derek, it's Leanne here. For the men's team yeah, to have really gone 23 years without qualifying, what do you think would have been a, a realistic expectation within the group? Like, what, I, think what should, I think
6: they should have got first deletes. It, I I mean, it didn't surprise me how the second half went against Croatia. I predicted at half time. He was going to find every man back behind the ball and with 10-15 minutes to go he was going to try and have a goat character like he constantly did become Marnock and he got caught out. Would there, I just don't think he's got a plan B when he's going to chase again.
3: The would there have been elements of the, the team or positions within the team that you would have changed in the in terms of the starting line-ups? Did that you disappoint don't
6: you? Do you not know think he should have went the you up front against the Republic and buying Christie was maybe a mistake because oh. he had a poor season with
3: Celtic? I think that one was a... Maybe, I think he changed that though half time, didn't he? Which I I thought was quite you uh, know, it, yeah. that was in the front foot really. There's no a lot of teams that make a change at half time because even as a player getting hooked at half time is the worst feeling uh, in the world. So I think I think that, if you give
2: him his time over again though, he would start with he would start with Adams. Czechs. And
3: that's the difficulty with tournament football as well. That's why in, in teams that you know, in Europe where you get drawn a home game and an away game, you know, you can hedge your bets and change things in the first leg because you know you've got a, a home return so you can play that and the group group stages of a tournament are very similar you don't know who you're coming up against Um We well you know who you're coming up against but you don't know how they're going to approach it or how they identify Scotland in the opening game so I, I think for well, us well, to I'll I, ask
6: you a question if he, if he doesn't get at least five, six points in the next three World Cup qualifying games you think you will be under pressure?
3: I think so yeah because I think naturally most managers get probably at least two campaigns don't need to to go and prove it and when you look at over the course most managers have failed in both They've, they've never got they've never got Scotland there in the first attempt certainly in the men's side so for me I think that's only natural in football that at some point especially in international football I don't think there's many managers that stay in jobs um all too long but I think what we need to do is try and learn from the experience you know I think everybody in Scotland can learn from it um I don't like to think that, that people are quick to turn against, you know, that bit of success. And that's probably been a problem in Scotland for a long, long time. I think we're unrealistic at times about what we can achieve. And then when we do actually get somewhere and, and show that bit of progress, we're quite quick to then find faults within every aspect of that. Had Steve Clark not taken Gilmer, had he not taken Turnbull, had he not taken Patterson to the tournament. Um I think he would have already been under huge amounts of pressure, you know, but he took those players. Granted, the squad was extended. Yes, players were injured, but that's hindsight. And over the course of everything that happens in life, if for every time something like that happened, we went, I know, but would that have happened if this happened? Where would it end? You know, the Nations League, that was the route that we got there. They had to play more games than most teams to get there. They managed it. Um, It's been a crap 14 months in football, especially, Um, for everybody else out with that it's been pretty tough they managed to get there they overcame the obstacles and it's an experience now that I personally think will benefit them in the long run that they can learn from because this group of players are are not what you would call an aging squad I don't think they're going anywhere these players have got more than another campaign two campaigns in them Um, it wasn't their last roll of the dice for these players so they've got an opportunity to learn and I think that's massive, especially in international football.
2: And I don't think, Derek, the constant hiring and firing of Scotland managers has done us any good in recent times. You you need a bit of continuity, don't you? It, it tends to be much longer term than than club management.
6: I'd be surprised if he left uh, himself, Rob, because you might think, well, I've still got a reputation here. If he goes and doesn't qualify for the World Cup, then his reputation looks like it's happened, Gordon Stratton, never got a job after failing, uh, Craig Levine, uh, he might think himself, I've still got a good reputation here, uh, and that he might resign himself when he thinks about it.
2: Well, he, I mean, he's put he, himself... Craig, he's,
6: Martin, Austria, be No, pushovers.
2: no. And, and Craig, he's put himself under pressure, obviously, by qualifying for these finals. You know, he, he will feel himself that he has to be qualifying for, for the World Cup. For sure,
4: um, like I says, on the back of qualifying, um, you know, for the major tournament, the Euros, and it's it's expected for the World Cup. And if you get off to a poor start, then of course Steve Clark will will be under under pressure. I, th- I think the the big thing in terms of again Scotland moving forward and ev- evolving as a team, is is how to change a little bit the style of play, in in the way that Scotland play. Because Derek, you're right, mate. Like against the Czech Republic. They were front to back against a far more physical side and they got zero amount of joy from it. Um, didn't really uh, look to then change things up. Um, England game obviously was different. And for the majority of the game against Croatia as well were, were kind of outplayed. You need to find ways where you can actually have uh, good spells. Uh, with, with You're not going to dominate 90 minutes of football, but you need to be able to have better spells of football in opponent's half, good field position. Creativity is always... Been a concern for Scotland in terms of you know who's who's really that player that can can unlock a door and play that clever pass, that killer pass. Creativity is massive on the on, on that top top level, Derek. Uh, I'm sure you would agree with that. Uh, yes, I do agree
6: with that, Craig. Uh, but I, I just think that is uh, he, he plays a long ball, and he's far too defensive at times. I think he really had uh, to against Czech Republic, England, and Croatia. If he got a goal in front, Scotland would have probably seen that out. But when he's got to chase again, mm-hmm. I've got my doubts about him when he's got to chase again. I think he's far too defensive at times.
2: You mentioned Ryan Jack earlier. I mean, he, he was a big miss for me in the squad because. Um, and, and I don't think there's any doubt that that, that had he been in the squad uh, and Billy Gilmore was unavailable for the third game that Ryan Jack would have been the perfect player to have come in there uh, alongside Callum McGregor would he Leanne to, to have kept the ball for Scotland which we struggled to do
3: yeah I think Ryan Jack's a huge loss. I think you he, he saw what he, he brings to a Scotland team but then for me personally I think the problem was just that final third. I think that's the, the missing part of the puzzle for Scotland is, is finding enough quality. I think we've got loads of players that can come into that midfield area and do certain jobs when it's backs to the wall. You know, when it's defending like the England game when you're camped in you know, in huge spells and I, I actually think there's The England game, we probably played some of our best football as well, which is bizarre because under that amount of pressure, um, they played some really good stuff. Actually, played England off the pitch for me in in huge spells, and uh, whether England would admit that or not, you know, putting that down to their own poor performance. But I think you need to give Scotland credit. But um, I think when you look at the chances over the course of the game, I don't know what more Steve Clark can do, you know, unless he's going to go in the park and, and head into the back of the net himself a lot of the time. We can say... I felt at times probably Derek in the Czech Republic game we were too direct we went long too many times I don't know if that was as much of a problem in the second and the third game but I think you need to find that quality if you're a striker um, and you've played two and a half three games for me you need to be working the goalkeeper a lot more you do know think, that do you think do you think Lee Griffiths let the
6: manager down slightly because um, I think he was have been night. Even though I'm a Rangers fan he's probably the best finisher in Scotland if I'm being honest
3: yeah, and I think Lee Griffiths has let himself down. You know, I don't think he was anywhere near to being the, the player that we've seen him over the course of time. Um, so, again, that's hindsight, you know. Would he have made a difference in this squad? I, I don't know, because perhaps his style of play doesn't really suit. But what Lee Griffiths also gives you is he's dangerous for set plays, which we've we've seen him do that, you know, plenty of times. Um, and I think those are the wee bits maybe that over... The course of the tournament and the squad and, and how much of a threat Scotland really were. You know, did we capitalise on corners that we had? Was there moments that free kicks could have been worked better in certain areas? Um, you look at some team, you know, Portugal, I say it all the time, going back to when they won the tournament, I don't think they won a game until the quarterfinals. Mm. You know, drawing games, but they have enough to to see them through, whereas Scotland have fallen short. But I don't think it's all on Steve Clark.
2: And that's about being at these tournaments, isn't it? And and getting experience of how you go about it, how you work your way through, even when you're struggling. Croatia looked really poor, yep. and suddenly they they, they produced uh, some of their best football against Scotland. Maybe Scotland were guilty of being too passive in the game and and standing back and letting them do it.
4: Let's not forget how how I mean. I know it's an ageing Croatian squad, but this is a fantastic team. You know, you look any any young player, any player that actually plays a game of football and, and, and feels as if they've been man-marked in a game of football, Modric's display was unbelievable. The intelligence from Modric in terms of letting um, Brozovic and, and Kovacic do the main kind of work, he was just taking John McGinn out for a walk out to the sideline, he was doing his own thing. Such an intelligent player um, and then still being so influential. From yeah. the, from the the fringes. I mean, you look even his, his goals unbelievable. I don't know how many times I've seen him in this tournament. Yeah. Outside of the right foot, I'm pretty sure in Australia, and I'm sure Scotland's the same is don't pass with the outside of your foot. Like, it's just about allowing players to be able to express themselves. Yeah. And 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 it's from a young age, and then you start to develop these these kind of players. Yeah.
2: They're, they're top top quality. Derek, does the fact that that uh, Nathan Patterson. Uh, and Billy Gilmore are, are are going to be instrumental to what Scotland are doing in the years to come. Does that not make you any way interested in the progress of the Scotland team? Uh, I
6: think uh, Nathan Patterson uh, in particular might have a problem in his hands because well, they've got a game for Rangers next year. So that might be a problem yeah. for, for Nathan because I don't see him dislodging to, uh, to have any in the following. I mean not at the Euros if... Uh, Having I mean, was injured,
2: and then yeah. probably wouldn't have seen enough of him Yeah, to maybe see how good they're playing against. Maybe a loan. Maybe, maybe he goes on loan to to get him to get him games because uh, I mean Rangers and he will, will want to be playing, won't they? Well, I don't know. Well, maybe move Tavernier forward one, uh,
6: and let Nathan Patterson go as a right back in some of the games, uh, or to they move. Tavenier into the central midfield or something like that. Yeah. I don't I, see him putting him out loan because that would then leave them with no
2: reserve right back. So yeah, true. I think if he's
6: having a get a long term injury, yeah, you so just, I don't see him putting him out on. You just don't I would like to see Billy Gilmore like at rangers, but do you think that's do you think that's, you think
2: enough, that's a realistic possibility, Derek? That that he could he could come back on loan? I
6: think if Kamara goes out and gets sold, yes, I think it would be a possibility, yes.
2: But Derek
4: I've got David to ask you, and, uh, Derek. I've got to ask you a question here. In your honest opinion, Billy Gilmore coming back to Rangers, do you think that's a good move for Billy Gilmore?
6: I think it's then yes. Uh, I think it's a full season and uh, he's playing regular
4: football I, because the chances are he could play the Champions League. Okay, but then. But then okay, again, so take, take again, that side. Say if he, he goes again, to a Premiership club. Mid to low to Premiership club, and he's playing a full season in the Premier League. Do you not think that that's well,
6: better for him? Biased. I'm probably biased. I'm going to say yes. it's is Steven Rangers, but in a Premiership, yes, I would say he was against better quality players, and he is a fantastic football player. And I just, I'd like to have seen him stay at Rangers, but obviously, of he went to Chelsea. Yeah. I'd like to see him stay at Rangers, but, uh, but I, I, I agree with that you. Probably, you're probably going to join a Premiership yeah. team because it's better quality
2: players. Maybe it maybe it, maybe it hinges on whether Rangers qualify for the Champions League or not. Maybe maybe that would be the sort of carrot that that would entice him to to come back to Ibrox Leanne?
3: I genuinely don't see him returning to Scotland. I really don't. Um, I think he he made a was it a, a tough decision for him to leave Rangers to start? You know, I think to go and put yourself that far out the box at such a young age to move away from home, which I think we've seen over even the the past 10 days, how close his family are and how much they love him and support him. And um, that must have been a huge decision for him. But I think Billy Gilmer has has come on leaps and bounds. You know, I think when you look at even physically where he was at before he left Rangers to where he is now, I, I agree with Craig. I think that, you know, Billy Gilmer going to an English Premier League club and playing 30, 35 games a season will develop him even further. I don't think it's... Um, within touching distance and being back at Rangers at all.
2: Derek, good to hear your views. Good to have you on the show. Right, take care, thanks. All the best. That's Derek in Stevie Clark. He does not trust. Uh, he wants him out. What do you think? 0808 17 17 700.
1: The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five.
2: All views are welcome in this show, no doubt about it. Derek was with us just before the break uh, saying he reckons, uh, well, I don't think he thinks Stevie Clark should ever have got the job in the first place probably, but he certainly thinks he should be shown the door. Uh, On the back of uh, Scotland's Euro 2020 exit, that wonder performance at Wembley, but two defeats at Hamden leaves us feeling a little bit disappointed. But hey, we were at a major tournament finals, let's not forget, for the first time in uh, 23 years. I think that's what you call progress after Stevie Clark's two years In charge. So we're talking Scotland, um, we're talking the possibility of Billy Gilmore of Chelsea making a loan move back to Rangers, it probably seems... Uh, somewhere between highly unlikely and totally impossible Um, and what's much more likely you would imagine will be a lone move to another team in the English Premier League. He certainly needs a little bit of game time, uh, no doubt about that. Uh, UEFA have decided to scrap the away goals rule in all club competitions from next season. It will be extra time and penalties now if the two teams are locked together after two legs and... uh, Talking of legs, Angie Postecoglou is getting his feet under the table. Angie. Uh, Angie. Did I call him Angie there? You called him Angie Angie, Angie. right, Man, okay. You're not, not talk no, but, to you. Oh, no. No, apparently, <laughs> apparently, Craig, to his very close friends, he's Angie. No, he's not. I just made that one up. Angie Postecoglou getting his feet under the table at Lennox Stand, the Celtic training ground. Looking forward to his first training session and just happy to be in Glasgow.
7: It's good to be here. It's, uh, it's been a tough... Three weeks to get here, but uh, yeah, super, super happy to be here. Bit of a whirlwind, but um, you know, I kind of knew that until I got here, it it's probably wouldn't sink in that, uh, you know, I'm the new Celtic manager and I can get, get cracking and, and start working and, um, yeah, I get to meet everyone and, and really put everything in place that, that we need to. I kind of already had some familiarity with it, um, but yeah, it's a great setup and, um, you know, uh, the people here are fantastic people and uh, looking forward to working with everyone.
2: So we're talking new Celtic gaffer with uh, Craig Moore, former Rangers defender, but who knows Ange very well indeed. Former (laughs) Scotland midfielder, Glasgow City midfielder, Leanne Crichton is here as well with me, Rob McLean. And we've got Paul John Dykes on the line from a Celtic State of Mind podcast. Hi, Paul. Hi, Rob. How are you? Very well, thanks. What are you thinking about the new gaffer in place?
8: Well, I think... uh... The biggest thing is we've got a new Gaffer in place. I mean, we waited 106 days for it. I think it's the direct result of the Eddie Howe um, scenario and how that uh, played out. But he's only got 26 days to get prepared for his first competitive fixture. So uh, I think most Celtic fans are now right behind him. We've spoken about a philosophy, about the fact that he's an outstanding leader and a winner. And now we just want to see it. In action, Rob. So we've waited a long time and Celtic fans will get behind him. He's maybe not the guy that was on everybody's um, list of potential gaffers, but he is the gaffer, he is the boss, as he likes to be called, and we'll get behind him.
2: And he certainly, to me, Paul, sounds impressive. You know, if you're, if you're, if you're judging somebody on how they communicate, uh, he comes over really well.
8: He does. And as I said before, you know, Dominic Mackay spoke about his philosophy. Celtic fans are now looking for substance over style. Um, I mean, because philosophies are all great on paper. Obviously, Craig will not know all about him um, and his leadership qualities. I think that uh, if we think back to Brennan Rodgers' first game, we were beaten against uh, the Lincoln Red Imps. Um, I think Ange will be on a short leash simply because of the way this has happened. Uh, but he's here now. You need to rebuild. You look at the, the back line we've got at the moment, We need to get a few bodies in the door before that first game. And uh, we can work on it from there. Callum McGregor looks refreshed. He played so well for Scotland. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, that's going to be massive because he's likely
4: to be the captain next season as well.
2: Remind us, Craig, about how well you know him and, and how you know Andrew Postacoglu.
4: Look, I, I worked with him briefly uh, at Brisbane uh, before I shot off to uh, to Greece in preparation uh, for the 2010 World Cup, and then in 2013 I was working with the the national team setup, talent identification, uh, player liaison, and and then Ange got the job there. So a couple of years uh, worked uh, together as part of his his backroom staff, and uh, not as a coach, but like says that liaison between head coach and player and make sure that the everything was. It was going well within the squad and the players are okay and there was no issues off the field, those kind of things. But what Ange does and does very, very well is he sets um, – he, he doesn't put rules in place. He sets the culture uh, and and the players drive that culture. And you either, like I said, you jump on or you jump off, you know. It's one of those ones where it's really, really clear. And you know, hearing him speak there, kind of having a little chuckle, you know, because he'll come in and he'll have a good look at things and um, – and he'll know he'll, he'll know like i says he he'll, he'll watch every small amount of detail the way people respond to certain coaches the way he, he's intense he's detailed he'll have a good look and he'll understand the changes that need to be made um you're talking seven to 10 players that, that need to come into celtic the concern is with the time frame 26 days i think you mentioned there paul is you know players that are potentially coming in uh, from overseas, if that's the case, and quarantine and, and all these kind of things as well. So the clock is definitely ticking in terms of what uh, Celtic can put together. There is pressure on the football club and on Ange Postacoglu against FC Michelin immediately.
5: Mm.
4: And um, But I can guarantee that he'll play a wonderful brand of football that Celtic supporters will love. Um, and if he does manage to, to qualify, then I'm sure the supporters will get right behind him.
2: That's a, an interesting phrase that, that Craig used earlier, Leon, which was setting the culture because... Culture was an issue with Neil Lennon, wasn't it? There were there were he he had problems. He he was highlighting problems long before he
3: was shown the door. Yeah, I think so. That was apparent. You know, you could see that over Neil Lennon's time, but I still wonder if a lot of that culture under Lennon was an issue because the almost unrest within the dressing room and players had made it clear almost that they were looking to leave or move on at the end of the season and certain players hadn't been performing certain players weren't in the squad. So that's difficult, you know, whether you're a, a top coach, mm, mm. um, to come in and drive that culture if there's already unrest. And to be honest, I, I don't think the Celtic dressing will have changed too much. You know, I, and I'm thinking now when, when the guys are speaking, and I don't know what uh, Paul John thinks as well, how does Ange Postacoglu prioritise what he does when he arrives? But do they deal with the players that might want to leave? Or is it a priority to get more bodies in the door? And perhaps that would then almost set the culture in itself.
4: Yeah, he won't, he, won't, he won't waste too much time or energy on players that don't want to be at that football club. Mm-hmm. He'll be, he'll be, his concern will be about the players that are going to be there that are part of Celtic moving forward and, and what he's looking to bring in. And another, another wonderful thing I remember Andrew used to say and, you know, Timmy Cahill, I think, has come out and echoed that. See, if you think about things away from the field and you think that it's, it's probably going to affect potentially my performance... Don't do it. <laughs> like he's just quite direct. He's got that yeah. real, real Aussie approach, and like I says, doesn't he's, he's got he's not a fan of the rules, but he will change the culture at that football club. And once you have that, and you have that set, and you have your your influential players within that group,
2: yeah, it drives itself. It feels to me, Paul, that that, that Celtic need a powerful figure uh, right now, and and he he could be the man. Yeah, I think so. When you when
8: Leanne asked- question about moving players on, it's good to hear Craig saying that that will happen because it's one bit and twice shy with Celtic. There was uh, maybe five or six players, Neil Lennon has alluded to, who didn't want to be at the club. That then spread throughout the club and it created a, a toxic culture. Mm. And I think that you know if we remove fear for them as good as they may be, then we're going to go into a territory where Brennan Rodgers... Was when he came in. You know, there were senior professionals that were moved on. Guys who were established, uh, pivotal members of that squad. They were moved on pretty quickly, or they, or they simply didn't play. Uh, you know, Chris Commons never kicked the ball under Brendan Rodgers, yeah. so that's important, and that's important in turning the culture around because it's been very toxic for some time. And you know, a lot of that information is coming out now. Rob, uh, we're looking at uh, the comments today on Griffiths, and you think to yourself, how can so many? Players be unhappy all season when we were meant to be pulling together uh, to win 10 in a row. It turned into a bit of an nightmare. So, yeah, it's good to hear Craig saying that. If they're not part of this plan, then they'll be moved on. That's important.
2: Do you think Griffiths will be part of Celtic moving on or not, Paul?
8: I think he will. Uh, and a big part of that, Rob, will be through necessity. When you look at the, the forward options we have, we've got Albiana Yeti, who didn't have a great uh, introductory season two Celtic. You've got Bayo coming back from France and what's an who's probably on his way out? That's it. And I think that the only goal scorer when you take Edward out of the equation is Lee Griffiths. You know, you give him the option in the final uh, 12 months. You make sure that the fitness is there. I mean, we talk about modernising the football club. If he can't be fit, I mean, that that's that's a prerequisite. Uh, so you've got to get him fit. And when, when he's fit, He's, he's the best striker in Scotland. He's the best Scottish striker Steve Clark had at his disposal, but he couldn't take him to the Euros. So I think he will get easier. I really do. And uh, it's up to him to approve the Celtic fans. I and mean, Neil
2: Good to hear from you. And uh, wishing you all the best, Paul John Dykes, from a Celtic state of mind Podcast and Ansh Postikoglu will sit down and meet the media tomorrow at Linux Town. Wonder if he's ready for that. We're going to be speaking after the news at six to Ryan McGowan, the former Hearts defender who knows all about Celtic's new gaffer.
0: I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today! Oh, it, was, it was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC
2: Energy.
1: The Go Radio Football Show Talking football first Listen live weeknights from 5
2: And sadly Euro 2020 Continues without Scotland Uh, A couple of days uh, Without football coming up Not sure how we're going to cope with that Withdrawal symptoms setting in It's back on Saturday though The first of the two last 16 games Wales, Denmark, Italy, Austria Sunday for the Dutch against the Czechs Belgium against Portugal Monday Croatia, Spain France against Switzerland. I believe England against Germany might be next Tuesday. They haven't heard too much about it. They've kept that one pretty quiet. And at Hamdan, uh, Sweden against Ukraine. That is uh, Tuesday as well. Looking back on uh, Scotland's first appearance at a... Uh, Major finals in 23 years and the, the disappointment of not getting any further than the group stages. We're also speaking, of course, about Ange Postacoglu, um getting himself started with uh, Celtic. Lots to be done for the new Celtic manager. We were speaking to Paul John Dykes uh, just before the news, getting his thoughts on Uh, What lies ahead for the new Celtic gaffer? And, of course, from uh, Craig Moore in the studio, who knows him so well. Leanne Crichton, uh, former Scotland midfielder, is with us as well. Uh, Rob McLean holding things together, allegedly. And uh, on the line, we've got the former Hearts defender, Ryan McGowan, with us uh, now, who knows all about uh, what Celtic are getting as a manager. Hi, Ryan.
9: Hi, guys. How are you?
2: Very well, thank you. What are Celtic getting, Ryan? Uh, how well do you think uh, he's going to tackle what is a massive job for him?
9: I think he would do really well. Um, obviously, having worked under him, know exactly what he's um, all about and I was listening to the show a little bit earlier on and um, like what Craig says, he doesn't suffer fools, so he'll be going in there and um, anyone that doesn't want to sort of join the journey or be part of it, he'll be uh, showing them the door pretty quickly, I think. Gowza,
4: so can we let the secret out? Are you the first uh, signing for Celtic? You're back in Scotland? We <coughs> <don't...
2: laughs> <laughs> Mate... need a
9: water boy or someone to pick up your
2: <laughs> <laughs> I t- thought we were to an the exclusive <laughs> there for a moment. A uh, uh, bit of fun. Uh, listen,
4: just just touching on, obviously we were speaking a little bit earlier on, Gauza, in terms of uh, the culture that, that Ange likes to set and in terms of the style of play, how positive he is it's a, probably a good chance also to give you a wrap in terms of even from the kickoff, the detail about how he wants to be so positive, even from kickoffs.
9: Yeah, it's just, it, it's it's hard to explain to people. I've obviously had a lot of questions and everyone's so interested in him, but it's just the way he has with words, the way that he is so um, stubborn in the way that he wants to play. As a player, you just, you're just on board. It, you know, he could tell you, some crazy things and you just believe in it so much because he believes in it. Um, You know, like the World Cup you touched on when you were a part of it, you'd come away from team meetings just thinking like, we're going to win this game. You were playing against Holland, Chile and um, Spain at the World Cup and he was just like, it doesn't matter if that was those three teams or we had Asian Cup qualifiers against Tajikistan and South Korea. He just, attention to detail was so spot on that it wouldn't matter who you were playing. Um, he just wanted to to work on that, and I think it's a perfect environment for him to go into Celtic because you know these are probably the best players that he will ever work with. So I don't think he'll need too much time to implement his sort of style of play. You know, he's already got a lot of good good players there that you know, if they want to be on board with him, will be on a fantastic journey. And I think he'll be looking you know not only to to make a name for himself you know in Scotland and you know winning the league back from Rangers. He'll be knowing him. He'll be looking at the Champions League. He'll be wanting to put a real marker on the Champions League or Europa League, and and really, really kick on the club.
2: You mentioned the the, the World Cup 2014, that that game against the Dutch. I was just waiting for you, Ryan, to build up to your assist for for I don't Tim like Cahill. About it. He, he could. <laughs> I mean, Cahill couldn't miss, could he?
9: I don't like talking about it. <laughs> no, yeah. come on. But yeah. hang but on, on, but I will. <laughs> greatest goal ever scored and he never gives me any credit for it so um, <laughs> I need to pull him up on that but yeah even even like that like what Craig said he was he used to have team meetings on kickoffs uh, in terms of he wanted to set the tone straight away so from kickoff I don't know if you thought it Celtic but um you just have to go forward you you it wouldn't matter if you ran into a player 10 meters in front of you and lost the ball it just said it just set the whole tone and um I remember one game, one of the boys just passed it back in the centre circle, and we spent the next 20 minutes when we are doing the video of him going through that player and just being like, that just sets the tone. Like, we are not about that. We're all about going forward, being positive. Like, what does that show the other team that we're taking a backward step? He is just so key on little details, and um, he's a real big believer on not having anyone comfortable and, you know, obviously not being involved with Celtic or having any insight. From afar, they've been accused of, you know, players being in their comfort zones. And Andrew will just have that ripped out of him as soon as he's there. He'll have everybody on edge, from staff to players to physios. Yeah. Everyone will be on edge and be um, having to perform at a high level, or they'll just. They just won't be involved.
4: Yeah, that's a, that's a good point, guys. Like, so it's not only the players. It was the staff, and like I so was part of that staff, and you are. Like, everyone, he, he just demands the best from, from from everyone. Listen, mate, you know, obviously, the landscape here in terms of the media and the scrutiny, especially, you know, <laughs> when, when you're at those big clubs and all that. How do you think Ange will handle the, the media here?
9: I think, uh, you know, he's not silly, is he? He's You know, he's a very intelligent man. He'll know exactly what he has to do and, and how he has to sort of handle the media. Um you know, have watched a few things on Instagram and Twitter and you can tell that he just wants to slap the reporter that's asking him questions. He <laughs> oh, he's, going to be, about, he's going to be doing but, a
2: lot of slapping here then. <laughs>
9: yeah. Um, but he's, he's just so, he would just let his football do the talking and he would just be wanting to play games as quickly as possible. And for people to start believing in him, you know, he said in numerous interviews that he wants people to get to know him. And I'm going to imagine in two weeks by the time that first game comes around that all the players will know exactly what they need to do and, and slowly but surely, the media will know exactly. You know, you can ask him the same question a hundred different times. You work it out that 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 is the question, and he's not gonna he's not gonna be phased if there's a hundred journalists telling him that he's he's doing the wrong thing. He knows that um, he's going to be doing the right thing, and that if they stick with him, that they'll um, reap the rewards for sure.
3: Ryan, it's Leanne here. How are you doing?
9: Good, thank you. How
3: are you? Yeah, good, thanks. I'm just thinking you and Craig have, have talked Ange up a, a hell of a lot here and I'm thinking, is is there any weaknesses to this guy? Is there anything that perhaps might be his downfall? Because he has taken on a, a huge challenge at Celtic with probably a, a bit of a, a fractured dressing room right now. Do you see there being any issues or any downfalls within his coaching style? Uh,
9: Probably the biggest thing would be time. Uh, and I know that's been said and, and it's, is very difficult in a sort of goldfish bowl. I think Brendan Rogers touched on it. If there's, you know, you've got your two managers, so one's doing well and the other one's not doing good enough. So, you know, he's going to have that arm wrestle of until he starts getting results or until he's... Celtic fans can see what he's trying to do as much as they can see what he's trying to do. If it's not getting results and Rangers are running away with the league, he's going to be under massive, massive pressure. So, um, but I think Celtic are well aware of that. You know, they're not making a decision... Um, you know, based on, you know, a couple of months you'd like to think, you know, that they've got a sort of long term vision of, of what they want. And, you know, I think you could be critical of Celtic in the past in terms of they've probably not looked to the long term vision. And, you know, that's come back to bite them pretty hard in the last eighteen months or so. So I think if, you know, the club wants to move forward, it's not gonna happen overnight and like everyone's touched on, it's gonna take a little while to um to get going. But I definitely think that they've got the right man to to not only steady that ship, but to make sure that this ship's pointing um, in the right direction and charging forward.
2: Hopefully he likes a challenge, Ryan, because, you know, as you said, that, that was what was in my mind as well when you mentioned it, was was just the time factor. It's not his fault, obviously. Um, Celtic um, have taken an age, as their fans would see it, to appoint a replacement for, for Neil Lennon. Um, uh, but but what he doesn't have, as you've said, is much time because he's got so much to do. Twenty six days away from uh, the European qualifiers starting, and how big is that rebuild in the Celtic dressing room?
9: I think it's massive. Um, I think you know, just picking out little key bits, and, and Craig will probably pick out you know some words that he uses and and things that are coming out of Celtic purely from the social media side is that. As soon as he would have got that job, he would have been making small changes, even if players don't exactly notice it or staff will notice it. He's already probably changed that club or how things are run bit by bit before he even arrives. And then in the first week, he, would just have his, he will have everything he has gone. He'll set his standards and then it's literally up to the boys to, to follow that. And if you don't follow it, uh, you know, I've been in loads of meetings where you know the skinny lanky kid from Adelaide. I would get treated exactly the same as the superstar from you know Tim Cahill. So he would speak to Tim Cahill exactly the same as he would speak to me. Exactly the same as he would speak to you know a boy making his debut. So he won't be scared of going in there and, and ruffling a few feathers. But at the same time, he won't ruffle any feathers if the standards are being met. And I think looking in, that's exactly what what Celtic need is is someone a leader that's um, not going to take any. Um, lackadaisical or, or shortcuts and um, make sure that you know he knows that this is the biggest club that he's ever been involved in and possibly ever could be and you probably want to make sure that every single player knows that as well so um, yeah I think he'll do well
2: He certainly does sound like a, a great communicator and, and as you were saying uh, let's just listen to him here I mean he, he just wants people to get
7: to know what he's all about and To be fair I'm not a fan of the Zoom even though it's uh, it's our existence the last 18 months so uh, yeah being here um that's why I was keen to get up here as soon as possible. Obviously, we, you know, I had to, to do quarantine and, and make sure uh, you know, we followed all the protocols, but just being here now is, uh, is exactly where I wanted to be. Because I, mean, I think ultimately people want to get to know me, you know, and um, it's one thing to, to have ideas and, and sort of talk about what you want to do, but they need to meet me and understand me and, and me as a person as much as a manager. So um, you can't do that unless, unless you do that in person. So um, yeah, we'll start that process now.
2: Craig, will he, will he be making decisions quicker than he would like to have had to do or is that just the way he is anyway that, that he does take a pretty early sounding, make his mind up and that's
4: it? Uh, look, I mean, it's, these, these discussions have been going on for a little bit. So, he, look, he already would have been doing a load, a load of work in the background um, you know, and even like now since coming in. The communication that he would be having with his staff, um, he would be across everything. That's that's happening, and then like I says, unfortunately, the, the the time factor coming in and having a having a good look because he likes to see people in his environment, like I says, and how they feed off of one another. And like I says, normally when, when when someone's off or there's a, there's a there's a bad egg, or it's it's it stands out trouble. You don't need to go looking for it, Robert. It normally comes looking for you. Um, and that, and that, yeah, goes are. You know what I mean? So, You'd know all about that, <laughs> wouldn't you? Oh,
2: right, right. <laughs> oh, come on, dish the
4: dance! <laughs> and start laughing, there? steady <laughs> And that, Girl. so, so he's just—he'll just look at things. But things will happen happen quickly. They need to happen quickly for Celtic. Like, so there's seven, ten, ten players potentially that will need to, to to come to the club because players will be moving on. I've no doubts about that. Um, and and they they need to to do that quickly. But he'll be across all of that he'll love the challenge um and he'll be ready to go
2: you'll be aware sorry right i was just going to say you'll be aware of 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 a lot of negative reaction um to his appointment um and and maybe a lot of it stems from ignorance because not many people uh the bulk of people probably in scotland weren't that aware of of what he'd done and and who he, who he was do do you think those people are making a mistake
9: yeah massively and I think Ange loves that as well. You know, he said in numerous meetings, um, you know, when he was national team manager, about you know us Aussies in terms of we have an uphill battle, you know, straight away. Even in Australia, we're not even the number one sport in terms of you know publicity or people knowing who we are, and um, even trying to get into Europe. A lot of the time, it's like what's happened with Ange, Joy's won the title in Australia three times, but you know, that's not really that difficult thing to do is it? But no one actually knows how hard it is to do the things that he's done and, and he's been sort of doing that his whole life and, and that's what motivates him and, and you know, sort of pushes him through and, and makes him do what he's done. And um yeah, he like Craig touched on before, he'll really be enjoying everyone writing him off and everyone saying that you won't, you know, do this or you need to get rid of players. Another thing that's probably missed in, in a lot of this is that he makes players better. So he'll he will make every single player that's at Celtic now better when he leaves. And that might seem crazy, or some players at Celtic probably don't think that they need to get better, but he will coach them and he will make them, Craig touched it on earlier, even off the field, um, You know, with the issues that some players have off the field. He will make sure that your standards are not only kept on when you're at Lennox it's when you go home, it's when you go to sleep. The, the things he brought into the national team, Craig, I don't know if you remembered. we used to have to fill out like, 20 minutes worth of apps in terms of how you sleep um you know muscle fatigue you they literally had you um you know at the world cup we had watches on that you know recorded on how well we slept so that you know if we weren't getting a good sleep or if we went to sleep you know late or if we stayed up or whatever Mm -hmm. it all come through and and he would get this in the morning it would tell you basically every single player and um, (laughs) how they slept um in a a roundabout way and, and how they're feeling physically and emotionally and he just has that all on record, and, and he just doesn't leave any detail untouched. And I think um, if you're a Celtic player and you want to be a Celtic player and you want to go on to the next level and you want to progress your career and do really well at Celtic, then um, I'd be listening very, very um, interested in, in what Ange says and, and doing everything he says because. Um, you know, like we've touched on, and um, don't want to big him up too much in case, <laughs> in case it doesn't work out. But I'm very confident that that he will do well at Celtic for sure.
2: When you were talking about building up players, there, I mean, the, the the name that immediately flashed across my mind was Lee Griffiths. Could he, could could Ange be the manager, who gets Lee Griffiths fit and firing again?
9: I think so. I think if I think also. You know, I don't know Lee personally but you know if he wants to be then he's got the best manager that will get that out of him you know and if he if he sees um Lee Griffiths doing the right things and, and doing everything off he will make Lee Griffiths feel like the best player in the world that I sometimes think Lee Griffiths thinks that anyway but he will make <laughs> him feel like that uh, <laughs> daily so you know he'll be on <laughs> Was that a former Hearts play like player, every, player talking there? <laughs>
2: <laughs> but every strike
9: that's the defender talking about strikers <laughs> uh, that's uh, just you know every player when they come away from training sessions even if it's the first training session they will be, they will know exactly what they're doing in training and why it's not just oh we're going to do a warm up because it's a warm-up drill and it's you know page 10 of the book it, that warm-up drill will come into play somewhere during the week because of who you're playing at the weekend you know, we we should do different drills depending on who we we're playing and depending on the style of play that we we're playing. Literally, no stone was unturned in, in terms of training and preparation for games, and he will be no different. It won't matter if they're playing Rangers at the weekend, St Mirren, or they're in the Champions League. He he will just be playing a system that he believes will win and set it up, and, and that whole week will be geared towards that
2: what what's next for you ryan if we if we can rule out uh being ange Postacoglu's first signing at celtic what <laughs> are you still a sydney player or are you moving on uh currently still a sydney player
9: but i'm not too sure what what we're doing
2: um next season
9: so out of contract and just um waiting to see to see what happens with the quarantine rules um just coming back from national team I would have missed the the grand final so sydney's in the grand final this weekend so um yeah going to miss that and uh yeah, just wait and see what, what happens in the next couple of weeks.
2: And you'll be taking the advice of Mr. Moore, I would imagine, in, in, uh, in all of this? <laughs> he, he an agent, not a
9: magician. I'm more worried
4: about when we're going to
2: catch up for a point. <laughs>
9: yeah. yeah, well, soon. soon. Whenever you're free from your busy schedule.
2: <laughs> let's, get, let's get the priorities right, absolutely. Ryan, good to talk to you. Thanks very much for joining us on the show.
9: Pleasure, thank you
2: very much. Cheers, Gaza. All the best. Cheers, that well, is, thank you very much. That's Ryan McGowan, who was uh, an Australian international player under the management, of course, of Ange Postacoglu, played in the 2014 World Cup and uh, he managed to conquer his modesty and mentioned that he set up a goal for Tim Cahill against the Dutch in that World Cup. As uh, Ange Postecoglou gets his feet under the table at Celtic.
1: The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live. Weeknights from Five.
2: Scotland, unfortunately, no longer a part of Euro 2020. It continues into the last 16 the first games are on Saturday. It's Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. And there is a game to come at Hamden. That is Sweden against Ukraine next Tuesday. Were you watching last night? Portugal against France, Germany, against Hungary. That was real entertainment, Leanne, wasn't it? Because it was just constantly changing. Um, And of course, our uh, broadcast friends were down south were pretty obsessed with uh, who England were going to get in the last 16.
3: Yeah, I mean, after a while, I probably just watched it on mute so that I I didn't need to listen (laughs) to who England would play in the next game and how it was changing. Uh, No, two top games that were on, you know, four teams that were going out to win, I think, to go and display the qualities that they've got. I found it interesting, the hungry performance, you know, that's probably the stuff of dreams, you know, for the most part of that game when you go 1-0 ahead and then 2-1 straight mm. after the Germans equalise. Just unfortunate that their kind of love story of the tournament came to an end and especially in that group, you know, credit to them, I think they gave it absolutely everything and you could see the scenes, what it means to these nations when they do perform well and, and they give everybody something to cheer about, but... um, Probably you're looking at one of the winners of the tournament, and there you've you've got to, mm. got to imagine. Other than the Italians, who I am still impressed with, oh, but yeah, Very people good. keep telling me that they they haven't been tested yet, so we'll need to wait and, and see in the next round.
2: Going pretty well so far. Those seven goals without reply in the group stages for for the Italians. Um, talking of love stories, uh, what about Ronaldo? And uh, Benzema heading <laughs> down the tunnel at half time in the Portugal France game, swapping shirts. Craig,
4: that's all. Yeah, that's all. He likes, Ronaldo. Can do what he wants. I mean, it's strange. Like says was speak off here in terms of you're playing a game and swapping jerseys at half time and just nonchalantly walking up the tunnel and all that sort of stuff. It, it doesn't. It, it doesn't happen. Uh, but Ronaldo, look, who's going to question Ronaldo in terms of his quality? I also, I think, did I read something that he would equaled Ali yeah. Day's yeah. uh, yeah. hundred nine international goals. It's it's incredible. Uh, it was a game of penalties though last night, wasn't it? It was. Uh, it yeah. was, but still some some top, top quality. And then after the game, well, I've seen bits and pieces on social media today with Ronaldo and Mbappe uh, pictures as well. They showed an earlier picture of um, Mbappe when he was a kid mm-hmm. posing with uh, Ronaldo. And then there's a shot of them both with jerseys in the tunnel. Uh, it must have been after the match, I think, as well. So that was a nice shot as well.
2: And there was maybe a little bit of a reminder from Cristiano Ronaldo to the young pretender about who is still boss, because that that's five goals in three games already at the tournament, which is incredible. I mean, he's he's already in a strong position to be top goal scorer, even if Portugal don't don't go any further.
3: He is, and people will argue, you know. Some of those goals have come for the penalty spot, but when you look at him and the confidence that he's got, you know, to be a goalkeeper facing him up for a, a penalty kick, you must just think you've got no chance. Because uh, never at any point do I think he's missing this. You know, some players will walk up and you may be mm-hmm. thinking, mm, they don't look that confident or in terms of the performance, but he's just so mentally focused and yeah. in the zone. Uh, it's incredible. Any young kid that watches and, and the way he conducts himself and, at the age he's at and the performance levels that he's got and the endurance and the appetite um, to keep proving that these players like Mbappe, you know, yeah, I'm sure he's happy yeah. to shake hands, mm. swap shirts, but he'll be wanting top goal scorer, he'll be wanting player of the tournament, He, you know, he still wants to be the best, he, his drive is unbelievable.
4: That's the best, That's you're, you're, you're spot on there, Leanne, because, look, he's a great player, there's no doubt about that, but it's, it's his drive and his mm-hmm. desire, uh, even his first goal against uh, Germany, I mean, he's, Counter attack. He's, he's, he's run 70, 80 meters.
3: Yeah, fifteen he, seconds. He's just
4: desperate to get in that box, to score goals, to be the best on the field. He's had his nice little moments as well, the little no look pass and back heels and all that mm. sort of stuff. He's an entertainer. Yes, he, he really is. He's he's been a joy and and look, only he knows what the script is in terms of you know when things finish for him. But uh, he's
2: thirty six. But 36. but I mean he's fit as a flea, isn't he? So he is. I mean, could he? How much longer could he play and keep on breaking those records, Leon?
3: I think genuinely for as long as, as he wants to play because whatever he, he's managed to achieve over his career uh, and the way he's adapted his style of play and the way that he looks after his body and he's constantly developed. As the game's developed, he's developed. You know, He's been at the forefront of those changes. As the game develops and gets quicker, it's because of players like Cristiano Ronaldo, the way that we play the game things that are happening off the pitch. I think he's been an advocate for that. Yep. He's changed the culture and the way that players behave. Um, you see him at this tournament moving the, the Coca-Cola away right. from the front of him. Mm. Doesn't he want to be associated with certain things like that, water, that you yeah. know, and that's his mantra. That's the way he's lived his life. He has dedicated his entire life to football. And to say that this might be his last Euros, I think you could never bank on it because in four years' time you could see him back again. You know, look- he's so fit, it's yeah. frightening.
2: I loved the John McGinn response to that, to him moving the bottles <laughs> when he came in for his press conference. He said, Nick Cook, <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't innocent. Water, yeah, a few press conferences, They've
4: had a fun with it a yeah, few times, they have, haven't they? They
3: have. But that he is like, and, and he's not. He's not just a footballer. You know, there is loads of things that he's identified probably as a kid, maybe where he went wrong or things that he would wishes that he knew. We always say that as we get older. Um, the knowledge that you have by the time you get to the end of your career you, you wish you had it at the beginning and I think he tries to instill that in players and the teams that he's part of and the way that he you know social media I don't love it I, I don't love the interaction but the way that he uses it is probably a really positive tool that he puts a lot of good stuff on there he's reachable and Charity work accessible that he does as well. and you know he, he, he does set an example in every aspect of his life
2: He's as good as ever then. But what about Manuel Neuer, the, the German goalkeeper, who was probably at fault for both the Hungarian goals last night? Is, is his reign coming to an end, do you think, Craig, as, uh, as, as that sweeper-keeper and uh, just pure German efficiency? Well, the sweeper keeper's still alive in terms of the way that the
4: modern-day game has gone. You know, teams pressing high up the field and, uh, and therefore the goalkeeper has that, that advanced position um, maybe not as far as, as Marshall but, <laughs> <laughs> but that advanced kind of position Don't take us by nah. there if I can No, sake. you were saying that date, I was thinking Oh, no. <laughs> no we, just, but, we just wiped that <laughs> from our memory bank. It's again <laughs> yeah, but, but again look, a top keeper and look, top keepers when they make mistakes they, they just dust themselves off um, and, and, and back themselves to go again, Rob So again, look um, Noya maybe wasn't at his best Will he bounce back? I have no doubt he'll bounce back um, is he going to change the way that he goes about things and plays and the style of football and his positioning? No, um, but he has that experience. He'll, he'll bounce back. He's a top-class keeper.
3: The thing is, it's tough, though, because you wonder as well as Neuer possibly a bit more exposed because of the, the team that's in front of him. You Pummel's know, Gern, a little bit older. German yeah. teams of the past have mm. been so dominant, so good. Um, he's maybe never been... No, that he's never been tested, but certainly the, the spotlight's never been on him as much. Mm. And... Um, I suppose as he ages and the game changes and the, the team kind of adapts to the, the way that they're trying to play, then he's perhaps just been one of those players that have been exposed within that.
2: Talking of uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, I wonder if he would donate some of his goals to us because uh, Scotland could certainly do with converting some chances. I
5: think when you look across the tournament, we, we certainly had enough shots, we created enough chances. Uh, it's something that we have to work on. But the players will, will get better and better at it. You know, Linden's a relatively new international player. Jay Adams is the same. So we can improve on it, given Nisbet will get better the more he's involved. And um, and we've got players that can score goals from midfield as Callum showed tonight. So yeah, we have listen, we have to get better at we have to get better at everything. We've also conceded a number of goals in the tournament that I think were preventable. So we have to get better in every department.
2: Stevie Clark referring there to Callum McGregor's first Scotland goal, I think it was his 34th cap, uh, and finding the net for the first time. What a moment that was when that went in at Hamden and we, and we all thought maybe this is the, the turnaround against Croatia, but it didn't work out that way. I think we can look back Leanne, over, over those three games and think there were an awful lot of chances that could have been taken
3: for sure for sure and i think that would be the biggest frustration you know for the players even in the the Czech republic game when you look at the body language of the players coming off the pitch and the post match interviews you could already get a, a sense of um you know resentment about the performances and looking back with regrets that there's chances there that you've missed and, and the game could have been really different and and that is that's the worst part of football you know that you do need to look back at times and and that then needs to become your motivation but Steve Clark's named the players that's there, you know, Adams, Dykes and this, but there's good players there that, that can score goals, but it, it's different scoring goals domestically and, and maybe having ten chances a game to go and convert one of those at international level, especially at big tournaments, you may be only going to get two at most, you know, sometimes only one and, and you need to be ruthless. You need to be a Cristiano Ronaldo um or a Lewandowski, you know, that cuts in off the edge of the box and puts it top in and, and that's your moment, that's your chance and you take it. And I think when you look at top sides you, or even the, the lesser teams, so called lesser teams that are performing at this tournament, they've got goal scorers, they've got goals in their side. Even England I think the are four out of their last five games is 1-0 wins. Mm. Um, they maybe don't create as many chances as you would expect them to, but they keep a clean sheet and they get that goal mm. when it matters. And, and that's the bit that Scotland, I think, uh, there's positives there because there are players there that can be developed and made better. Um, and certainly there's goal scorers and goals from midfield, as, as Steve Clark said.
2: Scoring can become a habit. Scoring is a habit, really. Uh, but the opposite can be true as well. It be, it can become a psychological thing, can't it? It can sometimes be a millstone hanging around your neck um, if you're going through a spell where the ball is not hitting the back of the net. The uh, the confidence can can go at that point. Um, strikers thrive off of
4: confidence. They, they you know they're all about goals and when they're scoring goals, it's flowing. and it it becomes automatic. Um, they're not thinking. And when when you, when you aren't getting those goals, and you know normally when you're or you're out of form, we, we overthink things. Um, but I, I look, I think when you look at, I, I, you know, going forward, when you get those chances, Leon, as you touch on in a game, if you're getting three, four chances in an um, international game of football, you've got to be scoring two of them. Mm-hmm. You know, to to really put yourself in a position to go and do something. All the chances, or well, yeah, majority of the chances um, of this tournament fell to Dykes, fell to McGinn, um, and fell to Shea Adams. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know again the chances were there um and, and of course you know there'll be disappointment but you know such a long time away from that level of competition've we've, we've touched on that it, it's for me the the positives are that Scotland were there um it's given I think the the game and, and, and the, the fans here a shot in the arm you know a boost so it's, it's a positive future and it's now it's about building
3: and I think what you need To worry, Rob is just, players also to come outside their comfort zones as well. You know, you might play one way at your club and that might be, but when you come to the national team, you're asked to do this and, and you need to give a bit more. So if you're asked to control the midfield, well, when you come to play for Scotland, there's maybe going to be moments that you're going to need to break those lines. You're going to need to be the player like a Callum McGregor that goes and grabs that goal. He's not prolific when he plays at no. Celtic, mm-hmm. but he certainly can step forward and, and take those chances. Um, Maybe just the identity thing with Scotland is what needs to be ironed out because I think if you look at say domestically like a team at like Liverpool for example that play that expansive attacking football end to end, if they concede two they score four, yeah. so if you're Scotland and we're not an attacking team, you can never justify conceding three goals if you're not an attacking team if you're an attacking team and you concede three, you score four yeah. you know. so I think there's bits of the, the Scotland performances that, that need to be ironed out and, and what was the plan and, and what did we try and achieve and really within our limits with the players that we've got at our disposal what, what is realistic and what we can achieve as a team
2: It's not just us that got a little bit overexcited about Callum McGregor's goal uh, against Croatia on uh, Tuesday night um, it didn't look too bad for the new Celtic gaffer either
7: Callum was, was outstanding I mean as I said I, I watched the England game uh, England Scotland game live and he was he was great that night and he was uh, yeah he put in another great performance the other night so I think all the lads, uh, you know, would have had a real positive experience. I know it didn't end up uh, um, fantastic, but just being part of a major tournament, um, I know they would come away with that full of uh, full of confidence. And, and, you know, they need a little bit of a break now, but, uh, you know, I can't wait to get them back here.
2: Is he going to be the new Celtic captain, Craig? Good question. Good question. I think we,
4: we, all, we all kind of think that, you know, there's a big potential for him to be that captain, but... I couldn't, I couldn't really tell you, Rob. Like, my, Did he not my, tell you my, when you spoke to him? No, nah, I've not been able to get a hold of him. Is there? There's no reception up at uh, Lennox, Lennox Town. I can't, I, can't get, I can't get a hold of him. He, might, he must be busy. <laughs> uh, but, look, he, he's obviously got a, a a great opportunity to be the captain at the football club. Um he needs a little bit of rest, you know, in terms of the amount of football that Callum McGregor has, has
2: played. He looked fresh as a daisy at Wembley. He did,
4: he did, um, but sometimes it's nice just to be able to, you know, whether it's and again time keep going, Time, time, time is an issue with Celtic, but you know, five, seven days just just to be able to freshen up and and, and escape for a little bit mentally, uh, I think is is, is going to sure be important. He needs
3: it. Yeah, I he's, think it's, I he's
2: think not he's not Scott Brown, is he? You know, the the, the, the the there are there's no really no comparison in terms of what what captaincy would be with Callum McGregor compared to the man who went before him. D- do you see him as captain material, Leanne? Uh,
3: uh, absolutely, yeah. And I've heard players speak on you know, podcasts that I've listened to. He's always one of the players that is, is mentioned as a leader and a natural captain and, and does all those sort of things and probably sets an example as well. And when you talk, even maybe like Ange Postacoglu and his approach... I see Callum McGregor as being a guy that makes other people better. You know, I don't think he ever craves the limelight. I don't think he ever wants to be that person that everybody speaks about or that showcase player. I think he is a grafter. I think he works relentlessly. I think he's always there when he's asked to, to be there. Um, I don't think he shies away from responsibility going back to last season. Uh, I think he was hung it to dry quite a bit in terms of the performances. I agree with Craig. I think he's absolutely shattered. He 100% needs a break from football. From everything, he needs to go and switch off because um, I don't think you're getting the best out of him. I think at Wembley, uh, in the midfield with Billy Gilmer, got the best out of Callum McGregor. I think that gave him energy because mm-hmm. it, they, they shared the ground equally. He was what You need to get the right players in and around players like Callum McGregor to utilise him. Um, I think he absolutely could be a Celtic captain and I think he, he's handled himself uh, remarkably well. But I don't think even he would be happy with his performances last season, you know. So he needs that break. And you would hope that a manager, the way Craig and uh, Ryan McGowan have described, will, will make him even better than he is just now.
2: He speaks well as well, Callum McGregor, doesn't he? I thought he was terrific. I heard his interview after yeah. the match, match at Wembley. He's a communicator and that will go down well with Ange.
4: Yeah, and look, just everything that he that, that he does, he he just seems to um, you know be that ultimate professional. He conducts himself very well. Again, looks as if he does the right things off the field. Um, yeah, he's not that, that flashy player and all that sort of stuff. He's not a, uh, you know, someone's going to scream and shout and drag people by the collar and all that. But he leads by example in, in, in the way that he conducts himself, you know. He, he's always there. He's never going to let you down. Um, and, and that sometimes, you know, for, for a captain, that reliable, consistent performer is 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 crucial because again that's a stability that you need with, with, within a team. Uh, he's, he's completely different to Scott Brown. We we all know that. But he could he, you know he could quite easily be the captain of Celtic uh, and be a great captain as well.
2: 26 days away from Celtic getting back to business.
1: The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from 5.
2: Glasgow's own Go Radio, good to have you with us on the football show. And uh, we were talking just before the break about uh, Callum McGregor, outstanding. Uh, For Celtic, so consistent and uh, scored his first Scotland goal on uh, Tuesday night. And uh, Ange Posticoglu, the new gaffer, uh, will be keen to get all his players back who've been away on international
7: business. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, as I said, the first thing is, you know, give them a bit of a break because um, I guess physically and emotionally they've they've been on a bit of a roller coaster and uh, it's it's always good for them to have a little bit of a break. But yeah, I'm sure as soon as they're ready to come back in... um, yeah, it'd be great to, to meet up with them and uh, I'm sure they'll be as enthusiastic as anyone to, to get going.
2: It was good to have Ryan McGowan with us on the show, the former Hearts defender. he dispelled spell at Dundee United. He had a loan spell at Dundee as well in Scotland. What if he could be heading back to Scottish football? He was he was very coy, cool, wasn't he, when I asked him what his next move was <laughs> going to be after Sydney, Craig? What uh, do you think? He's,
4: he's got something going on. He's just not entertained me <laughs> as of yet. As yeah, of yet. I Maybe think... getting exclusive in the next couple of days now. Nah. Well, he could end up uh, running about with, with a team up here in Scotland, but... The opportunity for Australian players, Rob, in Asia, uh, yeah. sometimes um, is, is quite a nice opportunity financially. They earn decent money. Um, uh, he'll have options. I know it's
3: for sure. I'm, sorry, Rob, I'm looking at that window and it looks absolutely <laughs> miserable and this is our summer. So. Are you fancying Asia? I know you where
2: know f- I <laughs> would be <heading>. <laughs> <laughs> Craig Moore could be the man to get you to move to Asia. <laughs> But uh, no, it was good to have his thoughts, wasn't it, on Ange yeah. Postacoglu, Really positive. He, he just about tackled every potential problem yeah. uh, and didn't really see that uh, the new Celtic gaffer couldn't conquer it. I mean, you go and us a great insight into into the new manager yeah. as well, Craig. But yeah. uh, but his thoughts were were interesting, weren't they? I thought Ryan McGowan
4: spoke spoke excellently. You know, and again, it's probably you know a little bit different to myself because I was part of the staff. He's, he was a player um you know and, and and in terms of you know touching on a lot of the meetings and how that that he came out and and that other players um you know felt after those meetings feel, feeling as if that they, they could achieve anything that they could beat any team no matter who they were playing against that's that's the belief that he does instill into his playing group his staff um I also remember uh, pre-Asian Cup, you know, he, he gets a group that's really, really strong and knows each other um, at, a, at a different level, I believe. So had, it's quite uncomfortable. Staff and also players, four, four a night, had to, to get up and speak for, for a couple of minutes just about themselves, you know, who they are, where they come from, what they're all about. And and it just brought the group together. But it was funny, though. You see a few of the boys, you know, oh, no, I can't, I don't <laughs> want to do it. <laughs> and and everyone, everyone done it. And you can see them coming down at dinner and all that, and they... Just wanted dinner to to end, you know. Uh, But it brought the group group close together. I thought it was fantastic.
2: That's what Ryan said on the show, Leanne, and and what Craig's said as well. Has that made you maybe reassess um, what Celtic are going to be this season with a manager who ain't got much time, but he seems to have a lot of confidence?
3: Yeah, well, the thing for me, when there was first the the discussion around Ang Postacoglu coming to Celtic, for me, I I was trying to say, at times, we need to be a bit more open-minded. I think it it was... people that live in, in Scotland, we can sometimes confine ourselves to this bubble where we don't like to look out with it and, and anybody that comes into it, uh, any foreign object that arises in Scotland, we yeah. automatically assume that it's, you know, doomed and it's never going to be a success. So, But the bits that the guys are speaking about that's really standing out for me, and both is probably somebody that is an aspiring coach but also as a player, it's that human element. Mm. You know, when you... Getting on a level with players like I think Ryan said, it doesn't matter who you are, what player it is, you're spoken to the, the exact same, you know. And he wants to know how you're doing and those standards off the pitch. I think that now, um, in the world that we live in and the mm-hmm. society that we live in, I think that's actually more important than the tactical elements of football at times. Because if the guys were sitting going, he's a tactician, he's then you rely on players being able to retain that information and execute that game plan. But if you're talking about making people better in developing the individual that's already there, you're kind of on a winner already. But that sounds really obvious and straightforward, but you'd be surprised at the amount of managers and mm. coaches and people that we come across in life that, that don't actually relate to that. Yeah. Um. And I think that's really encouraging. I'm actually excited to um see how he gets on and listen to him speak and over the next well he's got 26 days to to get it right or we'll be hounding him on the show and, and saying it's a massive mistake and he should, should never have been appointed <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's
4: that's the thing is he he will be judged we can talk day in day out about how great a person he is he'll be judged by his results at the football mm. club uh that that's the most important thing but he will take ownership of that you know like he'll he'll set his team up the way that he likes to play, um, after he's kind of understood that he's, he, the personnel that he has, and if it goes out and it doesn't work, he'll take full responsibility for it. You know, in terms of you know if if it doesn't work, a lot of coaches like to do that as well, and then you'll have your your, your stuff that happens by, behind the scenes. But like I says what I can guarantee is that every player will be given the opportunity right, um, to buy in to be able to have that opportunity to play for, for Celtic. But the moment that you do the wrong thing. You're gone. You'll know about it. No, you're gone. You're yeah. gone, whether or not you're um, gone completely from the club. But you're having a spell, you know, yeah. like because he, he just won't accept it.
2: And we've got an Australian success story in Scottish football, Leanne, sitting right alongside us here anyway, <laughs> haven't we? So uh, there's previous, there's definitely previous. Uh, last few minutes, we're going to just reflect on Scotland and look forward uh, with Scotland as well. What comes next? Well, the World Cup qualifiers come next, but we have to learn lessons firstly, no doubt about that. Uh, Stevie Clark we've heard from him on the show already and here he was after match uh, on Tuesday speaking um, about the passing the Scotland passing uh, possession play could have been a whole lot better it's
5: obviously a compliment to Croatia as well they put us under a lot of pressure we couldn't quite get get our passing going as well as we did the last time we tried we tried to play through them at times we we couldn't quite do it. But the times that we did do it, we looked a threat. So it's something that we have to keep working on, something that we have to keep getting better at. And hopefully we can we can do that sooner rather than later.
2: Yeah, learning lessons could be the, the key phrase.
5: And well, hopefully they'll take what you saw from Croatia tonight, his third-game experience. They knew how to play the third game in a tournament. They were more ready for it than we were. Uh, possibly we couldn't hit the, the levels that we hit on Friday against England. Uh, so lots to learn, lots to learn for everybody, head coach included.
2: Yeah, you just hope we're going to learn massively. Um, And his final words there were, well, it was Stevie Clark for all his assistant managerial and managerial experience down the years with lots of clubs, lots of great managers alongside him as well. He's done a terrific job over two years, but he's still got the L plates on as well in terms of a major tournament. That was his first.
4: Yeah, which is also great to hear because at the end of the day, if we're in a position, no matter what we're doing and we think that we know it all, then for me... uh, you're stuck. You're stuck, yeah. Like, so you've always got to want to improve yourself. You've always got to want to assess and evaluate um, to find ways how you can do things better and, and to improve. And also in terms of what what comes next now for, you know, Billy Gilmore's come through, Nathan Patterson, um, Turnbull coming in, you know, Ryan Gold, is that someone that can, you know, push himself into the, the Scotland squad moving forward, the lad uh, that's played in Portugal?
2: Yeah, Ryan Gold, yeah.
4: yeah. You know, like, so again, there's an opportunity for... Uh, some new players to come into the squad with the experience. I would like to see potentially a change of style the way that Scotland play. He's saying that we tried to play through. Scotland teams currently still don't do enough in terms of playing through teams, uh, breaking lines, creating opportunity. The major chances that come in this tournament were, were from deliveries in the box. What do
2: you you
3: think, Leon? Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that, you know, when you listen to managers speaking, I always remember listening to Rafa Benitez speaking about the way he was criticised, about the way his Liverpool side played, you know, so defensive. He's a defensive manager, but he worked with the players that he had. So the the players that he had at his disposal almost made them have to be that wee bit more defensive. Um, And I think Steve Clarke has probably been so used to play in a certain way and of course he's had a brilliant experience under great managers um, but as you say he's got the L plates on it's the first competition that he's been the first major tournament and he needs to learn for that and he needs to see how his players develop over the next coming while um, and if he can adapt that I think he's more than capable of it and I think Scotland are more than capable sometimes it, we live within our comfort zone um, and getting to the tournament was Never going to be enough for some people, let's be honest. Mm. But certainly now that you've had that experience, you, you can figure out what's next, how do you become better? And straight into more competitive games with, with that group of players, I think will give you a better chance to go and develop it and, and find a, a really good side within it.
2: It's also, I mean, it's an ongoing process, isn't it? And and maybe Scotland can uncover another player in the same way they did recently with, mm. with uh, Che Adams at, at Southampton. Um, and I mean James Tavernier's name's been mentioned mentioned. on the show hasn't he the fact that he's got eligibility now Uh, would he not qualify for a place in that Scotland squad yes (laughs)
4: yes <laughs>
3: the yeah. thing I see in Scotland
2: well, is it good enough
4: eh? Yeah.
3: I know but this is what we do as well Like we've, we actually found that an issue that we had both Kieran Tierney and Andy Robertson that were the same position actually you need two and three players for every position yeah, so that yeah. you've constantly got competition. that competition that desire Yeah. Tierney missed the first match uh, so. where yeah, players yeah, miss yeah. out and other players step in and, they, and then you know by the third, third game you're going you kind of drop the players that yeah. played really well so that swings and roundabouts in football, but you need to keep developing every player. The more players that we can get that are at that elite level um, that are disappointed at missing out in in these squads, the better for the country.
4: Club football, international football, you need two players competing for every position. It yeah, keeps minimum. everyone honest and it will get the best uh, out of the teams.
2: Craig, thanks a lot. Leanne, thank you very much indeed. Thanks uh, to you for listening as well. We're back uh, tomorrow night, another two hours of football chat join us Paul Cooney uh, Mark Greedy and Barry Ferguson are here live at five
1: The Go Radio Football Show Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five
0: I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy Gary what a job you did out there today oh, it, was, it was unbelievable You saw the customers faces when that boiler went in It was a really special moment And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result, and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy.